0: 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and again, our theme on these Sunday nights is the theme of charity, trying to give us all the challenge to be charitable. And if you really study it, you'll realize, boy, that is a challenge, but it's a worthy challenge to take. Let's look actually back up right into that last verse of chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 31, and then we will read all the way through chapter 13 and the first verse of chapter 14. 1 Corinthians and then chapter 12, verse 31, and right into chapter 13. Notice chapter 12, verse 31, it says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. We see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Chapter 14, verse 1, notice, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. So as I look at this passage, notice chapter 12, verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and then notice that next phrase, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. Now, when we travel, we don't always get to do this, but between here and Flagstaff, you pretty much take I-17. That's kind of the quickest route. There's a couple other routes to get to Flagstaff. Right? anybody ever like anybody like driving to Flagstaff in the summertime? I'm sure most of us would, right? Okay. One thing I like to do when I can is I like to take a different route to Flagstaff if we if we can. Um, between here and Flagstaff, as you get past north of Camp Verde, uh, you can take uh, 179. I think the route is called. Uh, take 179, and then it goes a little bit northwest of the highway there, then to 89A, which is Sedona. Takes you through or to Sedona, then you go through that, and then you go through Oak Creek Canyon. How many of you have been through Oak Creek Canyon? Raise your hand. How many ever been through there in the in this fall? Okay, I like that drive. I think it's a beautiful drive. So in other words, between here and Flagstaff, you could take I-17, go straight up. It's quicker. It's kind of a, it's simpler. You know, it's just just drive it. Uh, or you could go, and I like going the other that other route. Um, and go through Sedona and Oak Creek uh, Canyon. You can still come back onto I-17 for a little bit, and then you get to Flagstaff. I like taking that route. Now, it takes, there's a couple spots. It's not like it's hard to drive, but there's a few spots. It's, um, it takes a little more, um, maybe a little more skill on some of those turns. It takes some more time to go that route, you know, if you're going you're gonna to go a little slower. It takes a little more time, and it costs some more fuel. To take that route but you know what i like that route because it's just more beautiful it's just a better way you know the bible paul's telling us a way to live our christian life right here in first corinthians 13 he, he's given really a crowning ch- virtue that we should have v- charity and some of us there's there's ways that think about this there's ways that we can proceed to live our christian life there's ways that we can carry out our christianity there's routes we can take that basically um, where we, as we travel along our Christian path, some of them can be characterized as a lazy way. Some people take their Christianity very lazily. Yes, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll show up for church, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll pray, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll you know, decide to be a, 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 a charitable person today. I mean, some people are very lazy about their Christianity. That's their way. Some people are half-hearted. They might be into a little bit of everything, but they're half-hearted in about all of it. Some people are lazy in their, in their ways. Some people are selfish in their Christianity. They live their Christianity in a selfish way. Um, some people are very prideful. They have a prideful way of Christ- living their Christianity. And uh, Paul says there's, a, there's an excellent way. Look at the last phrase there, verse 31. Of chapter 12. I show unto you a more excellent way, a better, more beautiful, lovely uh, choice, superior path, route. This is the best route to take as you progress down your Christian life, and the best route to take is the route of being a charitable person. And it costs a little more, and it takes a little more time. And there's more turns, but it's more better. Right? That's what he's saying. This is a better way. It's good. It's more, it takes more skill to navigate it. it takes more effort, but it's, it's a better way to live. So here, here, we're introduced to, okay, where's the way? Oh, there's a new way. Okay, there's a new way to, it's really not new, but there's an excellent way to live. He introduces that in chapter 13. And Again, I'll remind you before I kind of give you, I'll give you the outline here of the chapter in just a moment. We did it last Sunday night. Simple outline. But what is charity? What is charity again? Somebody raise your hand and talk back to me. Grant, love. I thought you were going to say, it's my little sister. But it's not. (laughs) It's love. You want to give me another, Seamus? Excellent. God-like love. See, he's following me. When I said it last week, I said, it's love. It's godlike love, and then we elaborated on it a little bit more, in that it's, a, it's an unconquerable benevolence that seeks the best for another person no matter how they treat you. That's charity. It seeks the highest good for another no matter how they treat you. That's an excellent way to live, right there. That's an excellent way. Okay, so here's your 1 Corinthians chapter 13 outline. Paul wants us to see three aspects. In verses 1 to 3, this is all we're going to look at tonight, verses 1 to 3, Uh, we see its deficiency. Not that charity is deficient, but that we can be deficient of charity. We see the deficiency of charity, first of all, and then you see, which will take up a little more of our time in another message, we see the descriptions of charity in verses 4 to 7, the particular descriptions of it, and then we see the, um, the dominance of charity, verses 8 to 13, it's a dominant thing, it's an enduring quality. Paul shows us those things. Um, but here's what we want to see. When you look at verses 1, 2, and 3, we see that there's a problem in that it can be deficient in people's lives. And here's the thought, kind of the central thought of it, and that's this, that we're going to consider tonight. And that there is nothing can make up for a lack of charity in our life. Nothing can make up for not having enough charity, having enough love. I know Christians, they have all kinds of things going for them. They're good looking, they're talented, they, you know, they got connections. But you know what? If, if they're just not a loving person, after a while, people that get to know them don't care if they're good looking and have talent and all this stuff. Nothing can make up for a lack of charity. That's what Paul shows us. How many of you ever packed, you know, this has happened. You know, you get to go somewhere, you're going to go on a trip, and you pack your snacks. You know, you pack your chips. My boys like Pringles, right? And other salty things and sweet things. And they pack your snacks and you pack your your stuff. and, And then maybe you go on your, maybe it's a hike. My wife and I went on a hike with Susie last Tuesday. Then we packed our snacks, and in fact, we had, we had a decent amount of snacks. Jimmy was with us, and Susie, and Deb and I, and, um, and it was pretty fun. And after a while, we're like, we have snacks, but we're running out of water. And um, I started thinking, you know, at, at some point, I don't care how many snacks I have. If I don't have water, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it comes to a point where... Um, no amount of snacks and goodies is going to make up for a lack of water. You've got to have water. No matter what you have, you've got to have some water. And The same thing in the Christian life. No matter what you are, what you have, what you decide to do, how smart you are or not so smart you are, how popular or listen to me, or unpopular you are, whatever, it doesn't matter how much you are or not in another area. If you don't have charity, you're nothing. But if you're very little in a lot of other things and you have charity, you're something. I hope you heard that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making up anything. This is, right out of, this, is a, this is the Bible right here. So here's what we're going to look at. Three endeavors that profit nothing without charity. Paul gives us examples. An example. There's the endeavor of good speech, the endeavor of spiritual gifts, the endeavor of sacrificial deeds. We'll see on those three things. If we have those but we have, don't have charity, it doesn't mean anything. Number one, good speech. Notice this, verse chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Notice, Paul, he's talking about being multilingual. How many of us can speak two languages in here? Anybody can, can you can speak two languages? Brother Ed can. I know he can. You can, sign language, right? So that, that counts sign language and English. And um, some of you have got a sarcastic remark. I, I feel it. I feel somebody. I can speak jive or something. You know, somebody's gonna say that. Uh, and is bilingual. Some of us can speak. You know, more than one language. Well, Paul's saying even if I could speak with the tongues of men at several languages. Sometimes I've te- Miss Miss Ruth uh, Rivas and Brother Jose. They kind of. Um, we kind of tease each other about Spanish, and um, sometimes I'll text the Spanish ministry, or Brother Jose or Ruth, and I'll I'll text them something. And, and I know most of them understand English, but sometimes I'll I'll try to. Um, if I send out a group text, I'll I'll do it in English and Spanish, and and I'll go and I'll and I'll I'll do a Google. You know the Google Translate. You can go to just all kinds of stuff. You can easily translate some. And I'll 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 put my thing in there and I'll translate into Spanish and then I'll read it back because some of it I can kind of get the gist of what it is, and I kinda tried my best to proofread it. And then I'll put it in a text and I'll send it out. And um, um and then Miss Ruth would be like, oh Pastor, Espanol, es bueno, it's good, good Spanish. And I'm like, no, it's Google Translate. <laughs> you know? And then even today they said something to me. Uh he, Brother Jose, sometimes I can understand what he's saying. I just can't say it back. He says, Oh, Pastor, how's your Spanish been lately? I said, Yeah, it's not that good. He goes, Oh, no, it's okay. But, anyways, they try to tease me about my Spanish. Um, but you listen, if somebody's multilingual, Paul says, If I knew all these languages and I'm, and I'm eloquent, look what it says. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I think that has the idea of just being, wow, wow, look at that. That was sad. That was like an angel speaking. I'm multilingual and I'm eloquent. How many of us would like to be multilingual? I would love to be. I want to be. I mean, we're thinking about taking up sign language, maybe to add that into our family, you know? I get tired of talking, so I just want to be like, you know? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> right there. No, honestly, it was part of it was for charity. We thought that might be an additional help with her. I would like to be multilingual, I would like to speak more eloquently. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't try either of those. Paul says, you get that. You get several languages down and you're eloquent, but there's not charity in life. What does he say? It profiteth me. Or no, in this case, he says, here's what you are. You're a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Do you see that? A sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Brass, the the cymbals, the metal plates, has anybody ever tried the the symbols to clash symbols together? Anybody? No. Okay. Clash them together, maybe as, as part of a marching band, or you got into somebody's drum set and started banging on stuff. Kss, kss, kss. How many of us like uh, you know to hear the guitar? I like to hear the guitar, a horn, violin, all that. I love hearing that. I would hear. I, I like Dylan. He'll play sometimes a cello solo. That's nice. Or the or the girls. That's nice. How many of us want to hear a cymbal solo? Anybody? You want to hear one? You probably would for about five seconds. Who really? Now, honestly, if we all heard a cymbal solo, after a while, like, okay, that's enough. We, that's good, right? You would. You'd be like, that's good. Put him in the group, and we can handle him. By himself, I don't want to hear a cymbal solo. Now. It's a valuable, you get this valuable metal, it's well-formed, it takes, craft, takes some craftsmanship to make it. But you know what, it's just, <laughs> Paul says that's like a person, hey, they got all the speech going for them. They're multilingual, and they, oh, they're so eloquent, but there's no charity. It's like, well, you know, you're just, you're refined. There's some, uh, uh, there's some maybe uh, things that seem valuable about you, but since you have no character, ah, we don't want to hear you. Since you have no charity, I mean, we don't want to hear you. And that's what Paul's saying here. Annoying. That's annoying. Nice looking, but annoying. So that's how we are without it in our speech. So think about it. When I speak, I need to speak with charity and kind of a charitable spirit. I need to have a charitable spirit. Number two, uh, so we're nothing without charity in our speech. We're nothing without charity in our spiritual gifts. Look at verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy he's going to describe spiritual gifts and these are kind of the ones that stand out I and though I have the gift of prophecy wow and understand all mysteries woo understand all mysteries and all knowledge I understand all, not that they're, I have the knowledge, I understand it all. Whoa! And have all faith. Whoa, it's getting even greater. I have all faith. There's nothing I don't believe God about. I have, I'm trusting God for these great things so that I can remove mountains and have not charity. I'm nothing. Spiritual gifts without charity... Spiritual gifts um, minus charity equals nothing, that's what he says. Um, I've had it where, some of you probably could relate with this. I I remember there was a guy when I was a teenager, he was going to preach, he was a pastor from another state, and the great Dr. So-and-so is coming to our church to preach, and, and some other people told me about it, and they wanted me to come, and I went, and I heard him preach, and and then I got to know him a little bit personally, and I thought, this guy's just kind of arrogant. He's kind of, he just wasn't nice. He just seemed to be, he was okay from the pulpit, but I thought, I don't really like that guy. Now, I'm just telling you my opinion as a, as a teenager, that just, I'm looking for a guy that I want to hear a good message. I don't care if he's well-known or not, but I want to, when I dealt with the person one-on-one, I like to see, it helps as a teenager to have somebody that you feel loves you and is charitable. That always helps. Um, and that's, that's, I didn't see that in this guy. And to me, I thought, I didn't really care if everybody likes him, if everybody knows him. I just felt like there wasn't something charitable about him in, in my experience with him. Number three, notice this, sacrificial deeds. Now, this is amazing. Now, you would think that number three is describing how to be charitable. Bestowing all my goods to feed the poor. Hey, wait a minute. That sounds like charity. Hmm. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, give my body to be burned? That sounds like a charitable person. Wait a minute. Okay, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing sacrificial deeds without charity or maybe I could say it this way to help us understand it a little bit better without a charitable spirit equals nothing it equals nothing so here I want you to notice something here it says let me let me think let me put it to you this way this is how we can get sometimes well follow me this is how we can get in a marriage this is how we can get as parents this is how we can get with people at work in our, in our relationships. Um, you say to your spouse, look at all the things I do for you. You know, some of us guys, we could pull out the list. and would be like, you don't think I do anything? Well, let me pull out my list. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I work, and I give, and I fix, and I buy, and I help, and I look at all these things I do for you. And if we don't have a charitable spirit, your wife's going to be like, I don't care. Now, she should respect it in a way. She should respect and honor her husband's help. But if a husband doesn't have a charitable spirit, but even if he gives his body to be burned, but he just has kind of an attitude, it probably profits you nothing in that, in that relationship. Um, sometimes you can get like this with your kids. Um, Look what we do for you. We get you this, we buy you this, we take you here, we do this, we do this, we do this, and and we just kind of get um, uh, cranky with them and we get um, kind of, um, you know, just not nice. The kids think, I don't really care if you do all these things, to them. if you buy all these things for me, give all these things for me, if you seem like you don't like me, you know. That's the idea. That's the idea. How many of us parents, honestly, I think when I'm reading I'm like yeah parents they bestow a lot of their goods for their poor little kids they give their bodies I mean my wife gives herself especially for for her children and even right now these last couple months for our little charity our daughter but we also need to make sure we have a charitable spirit about it that and we and, and we'll get into those qualities otherwise it profits us nothing it's the essential essential ingredient how many of us no maybe you do it I want to find out I'm not going to make fun of you how many of you love French fries without any salt? I mean, not, I didn't say you like it or you can tolerate it. You love French fries without no salt. Anybody like that? All right. We wouldn't make fun of you if you did. How many of us love French fries with salt? Come on. Fresh ones, yeah. Got to have it. How many of us are a little, all right, just a minute. You're a little sad if you have not any salt or not enough salt on your French fries. Just a little sad. Come on. Yeah, what is it? It's the essential ingredient. We gotta have that. Gotta have that salt, you know. So without charity, absent from our sacrificial deeds, means nothing. Um, We can't afford to have it absent. There's the football game going on right now. The uh, the Super Bowl and I'm thinking about, you know, some of these play- they're talking about different you know, the the Chiefs and the Patriots and they're talking about how uh, not the Patriots, the Chiefs and the um, the 49ers. So and, uh, and they're saying, you know, how crucial Mahomes is for the for the Chiefs. Don't get snarky with me. I don't really care who wins actually. So uh, um, but I thought, you know what? Some of these teams, like I'm just going to say, for example, if they didn't have a guy like Mahomes, it's almost like they couldn't afford to go to the... They couldn't afford to compete in the Super Bowl. They might would lose without him. I got to have this. We got to have Mahomes. Can't let him get injured. I think he got injured earlier in the year. Didn't he get injured earlier in the year? And um, we can't afford to not have him. And they got to get him better and make him, get him healed. And you know what? <laughs> we can't afford to not have Love. Charity, that's what Paul's saying to us tonight. Um, I told you about our, the love groves that we support to Ethiopia right up here. Last week I was mentioning how they, they had a letter, kind of a summary of this last year, and they planned, God helped them plant a church in a certain part of Ethiopia where there wasn't one, and, and a handful of people, or several, I don't remember how many, a couple dozen people made professions of faith. About half of those were also followed up in Believers Baptism and uh, you know, and they have a just a good report of the church they started. And then he said, he said in the letter, one lady or one family came up to him and said, you know, you want us with your love. You want us with your love. In other words, I mean you got these Americans coming in. A lot of times an American will get typically they're gonna have some favor when they go to another country of some sort. You know, it depends on where it is. Some people like to pick on Americans, but Probably in Africa, they're going to, for the most part, have a certain favorability. And, you know, you might get these people like, oh, these Americans, and, and um, you know, they have something to offer, maybe something to give us. And, and what do they say? You want us with your love. <laughs> That's what really was the, the currency that purchased what was, what was important, that was the favor there of those people. That's how God wins us, right? He wins us with His love, but God commendeth. Commendeth means He's like, hey, I want you to see this. He commendeth His love toward us. Romans 5.8 God commendeth. He shows up something. He shows something to us. His love. What is His love toward us? Here's, this, well, here's what it is. And that while we were bad boys and girls, while we were yet sinners, criminals, lawbreakers of His in different ways, at different levels, but while we were sinners, God says, I want you to know something. I still love you christ my son died for you but god commendeth his love toward us and that while we get sinners christ died for us and god says look at this look at this sinners he says this to the whole world he says this to us tonight he says this to you tonight if you're not accepting him as your savior look at this my son innocent sinless he's the best thing i could give this world he's i love the world so much i gave him to you and while you're a sinner while you've broken my law and there's no way you could stand before me as a holy god I put Him there on the cross so He'd die for you. And if you believe on Him, you have the bridge to heaven. You have the bridge to stand before me and to be with me and to be in my family forevermore. That's God's love. That's God's love. So back to this text, the main thing Paul's telling us in those first three verses, again, there's nothing can make up for a lack of charity. But here's how what I want to do, is we to just kind of another thing I want to present to us and then We'll be done probably in the next 15 minutes, those of you that are anxious to see the Super Bowl scores. Rusty, you went out and checked it, right? Actually, I don't really think you did. I'm just teasing you. I really don't. I didn't even mean to say it that way. I just saw Rusty come in. I thought, ah, let's tease him. Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, so honestly, here's, I want you to consider this. We're going to pose this question. We're going to take some time to answer it. Now we'll think about this, okay? How do I know if I have it? How do I know if I have charity, if I have love? This now I'm, Again, I'm not talking about love like, hey, man, I love you, man, I love you. Again, God speaks. There's basically two commonly used Greek words for love in the Bible. Phileo, which means friendly love, and then agape, which is godlike love. Charity is the word we're using tonight. How do you know if you have this charity? How do I know if I have it? I have three things that help will help indicate if you and I have it. I want you to consider these three. Number one, measure yourself against these descriptions. We haven't looked at it. We haven't preached the descriptions, but look at verses 4 through 7. I'm not going to read them, but there's your descriptions right there. Take some time. You, I mean, we're going to be in this... Chapter for a few more weeks, take some time to read it and think do I suffer long and I'm still kind? Right. I mean, that right there yep. destroys me. Um, do I envy not? Do I vaunt myself? That is, I'm proud, I'm puffed up. Uh, measure yourself against just four, five, six, seven. Those seven verses, there's about 14 characteristics, I think. Those four verses, I should say. And then you'll know. How do I know if I have it? Number one, measure yourself against the descriptions. Secondly, of the second of third indicators is, think about this. Now think about this, and I'm realizing this. How do I know if I'm a charitable person? Here's what you can do. Consider how you are when you're around people who are not charitable. In other words, the issue with charity is that you don't know if you have it until it's tested, until you're tested. You don't, really, you don't know how much you say, I'm a very loving person. I love a lot of people. Oh, really? Now, now to get to this level right here, boy, it really needs to be tested. You don't know how loving you are until you're tested. Some of us as, as spouses, I'll just say this in general. I think for a lot of newlyweds, and I know we have a couple in our church, there's at least three, uh, I and maybe I've said it to you, you don't know how much you love your spouse yet until it gets, starts to become tested. When it gets tested, you're like, oh, I know how much I do, and not realizing how much I don't, and I need to step it up. And so the idea here is this. Um, is this, consider how you are... You know, one, of the, one of the characteristics of charity is that you suffer long in your kind. That is... You're very patient for a long time and you're still kind about it. It's not just that you're patient. It's not just that you're kind. It's that you have to be patient for a long time and you can still be kind in that process. You know what? Sometimes you don't know if you have that quality until you're around some people that just push your buttons and make you suffer long that's when I can start finding out if I'm charitable or not. Um, again, the issue with charity is that you don't know if you, whether you have it until it's tested by being tested by people who don't have it. So measure yourself against the characteristics. Consider how you are around people who don't. And then number three, this is interesting, ask those closest to you. Maybe you don't want to ask people closest to you. Ask those who know you best. Do you think I'm a charitable person? No, honestly, come on. I promise I won't hit you, you know. I mean, try to get an opinion of those who know you best. Here's what I've found: sometimes those closest to us, we can we can find ways to treat the worst. Sometimes those closest to us, they may can experience the worst of us. That ought not be. I found that sometimes we can we find ways to be gracious and uh, patient and friendly with strangers. You know. the um you know the strain the guy the guy you know you're, you're walking down the street uh, how you know you're walking down the street you're in a store or whatever and somebody bump oh I'm, boom they bump into oh I'm sorry and you're like oh no it's okay it's okay good it's okay but then you're in your house and you go into the fridge and you bump into your brother hey man get out of the way man I mean you're trying to get in the fridge what's wrong with you and you're going wow, you just were in the store and he said it was okay when that person bumped into you and you forgave him and you bump into your brother next to the fridge and it's the end of the world you're gonna fight him Hey, that's not right. See, here's where, you're, here's where our charity's tested, isn't it? It's tested in the home. It's tested in with those closest to us. Um, we can't be like that. And I know we don't have to be. We can do better. We can prove. In fact, this is where a lot, I just said it again. We need to prove this right with the people closest to us. And then I want to just give this thought here and we'll be done. And I started thinking, I've seen homes where I'm trying to paint a picture. I want you to un- get this in your mind. I've seen and observed certain homes, Christian homes usually, where they, the family, you know, the kids grew up in this home. In this home, they were Christians. Mom and dad loved the Lord, did their best with their kids, uh, took them to church, um, they may not have had all the niceties of other families. You know, what kid? By the way, most kids want the next thing. Even even kids in a maybe a wealthier family always say, "I want this next thing or this next device or whatever." But you know what? I've seen homes where they, they had a family like that. The mom and dad are like that. They're loving, and the kids they maybe didn't have the latest this, the latest that. The always have the top brand of clothes or uh, toys or whatever. They didn't have all the privileges and maybe opportunities. They had a few, but not all of them. And they didn't have perhaps even what the average, what they saw the average peer or friend or kid have. And they didn't have that. But I've seen homes like that. And I've seen it where kids grow up like that. It was a loving home. They they grow up, they get older, they do their thing. And you know what? And I've seen this loyalty with their kids, with those parents still. And it's because it didn't matter whether they had a better gaming device at that day, Uh, ten more dollar priced clothes that is a more popular name on their jeans, that they had, um, you know, that they got to play a third sport that year, but they couldn't, they couldn't play that third sport, that they didn't go to Disneyland every year, they went maybe every five years, like their friends went every year, it didn't matter that they didn't get those things, one of the things they had was they just had loving parents. They had a loving family. They had loving siblings. And you know what? They're always coming back to that place. They're always coming back to that place. They still, you know, um, even if their mom and dad have a, an issue with them, they still will come back and they know still where they're loved. See, the greatest of these is charity. There, there was When there's love, um, those other aforementioned things cannot make up. When there's not love, those other aforementioned things that I said cannot make up for it. Charity is a thing we cannot, we can't afford to have absent. That's, what, that's the only point I want us to get tonight of all this. I can't afford to have it absent in my character. I can't afford to have it absent in my home. If I do, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. But I want to be something, and I hope you do too. So let's pray about that.